Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lord. This is the Funky Town Podcast. Oh, hey, hey. Man, our crowds are better every week. They're just so awesome. You guys are the best. All right. So, I'm happy, happy that you're here. Very happy you're here listening. I'm happy to be here talking with you. This week, we have a very big show. Our guest is Daniel Katsuk, who has done this incredible thing by writing a book called The Mystical Lakes. It's a great, great, great piece of work, and I'm excited to get into it with him. I think you're going to be excited, too. This is going to be a really cool, a really cool um, podcast, really fun podcast, be a little different. I typically like to start off, you know, with like four or five, six songs, do like a little mini playlist or something, and then get into the interview. But this week we're going to do a little bit different. We actually have pieces um, from the book, audio pieces. There's going to be an audio book that goes along with it. So he sent me over a couple of tracks, and we're going to play those instead of music. Before we start the show, though, I do want to let everybody know we have an email address. It's funkytownpodcast at gmail.com. You can write us at any time. I haven't been giving it out, and I keep meaning to, but yet somehow we've managed to get a couple of emails. So that's cool. I thought maybe if I actually put it out there, maybe we'll get some more. So one of the emails that I got was from a lady named Carrie Smith um, and her husband. They're in a band called Late to the Station. They just sent an email just saying, hey, we want to know how we can get our music on your podcast. And I was like, oh, it's super simple. Just send me a link to your music or send me an MP3 you want played, and I'll be happy to play it. And so she did. And I was going to play it this week, but like I said, we got it's going to be a little different show, so I'll probably put it off to next week. And maybe even in a few weeks we can have them on the podcast. If you are curious about Late to the Station, I did see that they did the Fort Worth Roots podcast, I think maybe this last week or so. It's up currently, so you can check them out on that if you... If you're interested, um, I'm going to be checking it out here real soon for sure. Another email I got um, was from the Fort Worth Library letting me know that Jenny Mack was going to be doing a four-week series on Western Swing. Let me see if I can get the email up real quick so I can get the exact dates for you. This Jenny Max talks about Western Swing at the Fort Worth Library. So the Fort Worth Library downtown, the Central Library, on Tuesday, March 8th, the 15th, the 22nd, and the 29th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. You can hear her talk about the history of Western Swing. I think that's going to be really cool. I think Jenny Mack is awesome. And so I love Western Swing, so I think this is going to be super cool. I'm going to try to be at the first one on Tuesday. I don't know if it's a four-week thing, kind of one goes into the next, into the next, into the next, and you need to be at all four, or if you can just kind of go to one. So I'm going to go to the first one and, and uh, check it out. So if you guys interested in Western Swing, man, and the history of it, and you like Jenny Mack, the library's got you covered. Tuesdays, 6.30 to 7.30. And then I also got, um, it wasn't an email, it was just a message. You can also message me um, on Facebook or Twitter for there. Just find us, Funky Town Podcast. You can also send us a message that way. And I got a message from one of the... Um, artists we played last week last week we played a song by a gentleman named Pake Rossi and um, I posted the show late Sunday night so it'd be out for everybody on Monday just like this one and he sent me an email probably Monday night or Tuesday saying hey man the craziest thing just happened on Sunday I was like I'm kind of in the mood for some music so I went to mass and Matthew Boyles was playing and I didn't know him I never heard of him he was really great then I went home and I got up the next day and noticed that the Funky Town podcast had put out a show 
with one of my songs, and the interview was with Matthew Broyles. thought that was kind of neat, you know, just, just the synchronicity or whatever. To me, it's the universe saying, hey, man, you're doing the right thing. You're in the right place. You've got it all going on. Everything is, you're doing right. You're tuned in. And, um, you know, maybe it's just a, a coincidence. It's probably just a coincidence, honestly. But, man, I think that stuff is so cool. So shout out to Paik and... Um, I don't know, man. Thanks for listening. That's, that's that's super cool, though. That you know, I picked a song and an artist at the same time that he went to the show. Um, other than that, man, the only th- the other thing coming up this week are lots of shows. You know, coming up. Um, there's too many shows to announce, but the big one in town this week is going to definitely be Uncle Toasty at Lola's Friday, March 11th. Both stages are going. It's their vinyl release party. You can see bands inside. You can see bands outside. It's going to be a big thing. A lot of fun, lots of people. Make sure you're there. It's going to be super cool. So with that, we will move on to the show. And like I said, instead of playing music, um, Daniel sent me a message saying, hey, do you want me to send you over some audio pieces from the book? I was like, that would be incredible. So the first thing he sent over to me was um, the first piece in the book. It's called Proem, Introduction. And it kind of sets up the whole book, you know. And then from there, after the introduction, there's ten ch- chapters, each a different story, and then an epilogue at the end. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play Proem for you. It's super cool. It's Daniel reading his own stuff. It's got music and soundscapes in the background. It's about a little under ten minutes long. So um, if you're somewhere where you can sit back and kind of relax and close your eyes and go on a little journey then this is the time to do it this is going to be cool you guys it's going to be a really fun interview this is a really great book um i won't get into it too much because we get into it a lot with daniel so i'm just going to start off now with the first piece and then we'll come back for a second i'll talk a little bit more before we get into the second piece all right so the first one again is proem introduction from the book mystical lakes inspirational stories for bedtime for all ages volume one by Daniel Katsuk. Proem. In every part of the world, deep in sweltering jungles, high atop mountain peaks, tucked away in rolling hillsides, valleys, plains, and vast deserts, there lies a series of magical, mystical lakes. You might say, all of nature is magical, and you would be correct. Yet there is something unique and special about these particular lakes. Legend tells that they were placed in every part of the world, so if they ever lost their way, the human, animal, plant, and mineral nations had a connecting bridge back home, a reminder of the source from which they had come. These mystical lakes were designed to be a sacred place that would give whomever asked a question to them the answers they were searching for. Yet take heed, the answers are not always what one wants them to be, but rather the answers they truly need to hear, to heal, and to grow. In their waters, they would reflect one's inner treasure and the kind of dragons that fiercely guarded it. They were to be a place that would show any adventurer what was holding them back and how to let it go. Also, 
illuminating just how magnificent and important those that peer into them are. And little one, you are so very important. Now, our story begins long ago, deep in the wide cosmos, shortly before the first rains fell upon the earth. Somewhere between here and nowhere, a group of loving spirits gathered together with their creator and were tasked to be the stewards of something special to be introduced to a new planet. It had happened in the past in the universe, yet for these spirits in the planet, it was unlike anything they had known. That is when the source sparkled with a brilliant light and spoke in a musical voice. Dear ones, thank you for your lovely presence here, in which they all beamed back with gratefulness and honor at being called. Smiling, the source pointed to the earth, continuing, I'm going to bring a creation called water to this young rocky world. It is going to quench her thirst, and all kinds of life forms will emerge from the oceans, the rivers, and lakes it produces. Dear children, would you be the guardians of these lakes and help those who may have gotten lost on their journey through the stars back home again? Creator, what is a lake? One of the spirits spoke up, feeling a special connection to that word. It will be a large pool of water that settles in special places and gives life, strength, and nutrients to all the spirits coming into form. From the clouds it will come as rain, and lakes will emerge, creating rivers that will flow down from the mountains until it becomes a sea. We all return to the sea, the source replied with a wink. A lake sounds like a lovely place. How amazing it would be to help others return home to the sea, another spirit answered, and all nodded their heads in agreement as they began envisioning a plan. As the source watched them in their joy and excitement, tears formed in its eyes, covering the earth with thick clouds. I am so thankful. You have all my love. These tears will help get you started. The source happily voiced as all the spirits watched the clouds form around the new planet. Just then, one of the spirits spoke up excitedly. I've got it. We find a cloud to lie down in, and when it turns to rain, we will melt into water drops and follow the rain down to the earth. Wherever we land is where the new creatures will need us. That is a marvelous idea, the source replied. Just remember... This planet will be a unique one, one in which those who come here will forget why they came. The spirits looking puzzled asked, Why is that? This world is a place created to grow, and how can we grow if everything we already know? It will be through forgetfulness that they can experience the joy of remembrance. The spirits smiled in unison at the Creator's words and readied themselves for a new adventure. Go, the source said, and help these loved ones always know that even though they may have forgotten, they are not forgotten. With that, 
the loving spirits jumped away and found individual clouds hovering over many magical spots on the planet. Sending a powerful ray of light from the sun, the source burst open a hole in the clouds that completely encircled the earth and watched happily as the light poured in. As it bounced back upward from the rocks below, it began bursting through the clouds, turning them into rain. It rained for many different faces of the moon until one day, it stopped for a moment to reveal vast blue oceans, flowing rivers, and beautiful lakes. Many turns around the sun ensued, and eventually all manner of creatures emerged from the waters. First, there were tiny microscopic creatures that eventually turned into algae, that turned into plants, that brought forth animals, and finally, after years innumerable, human beings walked the lush planet. No creature was greater than another because they all came from the same place and all had the same living source within them. Over time, all those creatures, for the most part, stayed in that deep connection to their creator. But as you may recall, some had a more challenging time remembering than others. You see, humans are nature, just like everything else, yet they were given a slightly different mission. That mission, mostly unknown to them, was to forget their nature and remember who they are all over again. At first, all humans knew about these magical lakes and visited them often to talk with the loving spirits. But over time, the humans began to turn their interest away. They built cities, roads, and all kinds of marvelously inventive things and began thinking that they didn't need help from the spirits of the lakes to figure anything out anymore. They could do it all on their own. Or so they thought. With that, the pathways to the mystical lakes eventually were overgrown and became mostly lost. Yet the eternal lake spirits were not worried. This is what the source said would happen, they recalled. Here we will be waiting patiently for anyone who may seek us or who is unknowingly led here. So to this day, these magical spots exist deep within sweltering jungles, high atop mountain peaks, tucked away in rolling hillsides, valleys, plains, and vast deserts. Anyone that comes and peers into the reflection in the lake will receive a special gift, the gift of truth gift of seeing all their beauty and all the ways they ignore that beauty in themselves and others. Remember, asking the lake a question and peering deep into its waters may just tear down the very world one has built around and within them. You will see your darkness and what is holding you back, but also the magnificent light of your soul. We will all come to a moment when we will feel a pool to change, a pool to remember, and a pool to know. And when that moment comes, the reflective mystical lakes rippled a smile across their surface. Here is where we will be, waiting to help them home. Welcome back, everybody. That was pretty cool, huh? It's pretty awesome. I think that's really, really neat. And I love the concept. 
of the creation story. And this sets everything up for the rest of the book. Each chapter is a different story having to do with the mystical lakes. So now you know what the mystical lakes are and where they come from. Then we get into the heart of the book where all the different stories, all the different characters, and that's when it really, really, really gets good. Oh, that was incredible. Just fantastic. I think it's so awesome. So we're going to play Chapter 2 from the book next. It's called Fear of the Dark. Um, It's equally as awesome. Man, they did such a great job with this. And then after that, I wanted to play a piece of music from Daniel Katsuit called Sticks and Stones. It's one of his songs. It's one of the ones I like. The video's great. The song's awesome. Daniel's known as a musician around town, you know. He's not known as a writer, you know. He just had this brilliant idea and decided to put it down and um, did a great job with it. But people know him as a a musician, so I want to make sure to at least get one of his songs on here. So we're going to play Sticks and Stones after the story. After you hear Sticks and Stones, it's going to jump right into the interview. And the interview's cool. Daniel's, you know, a great dude. And sometimes I embarrass myself. You know, I get all gushy, you know, because I truly, you know, it comes from a place of honesty. Um, some of these people in town, man, I just think are the coolest people. You know, I get so excited to talk to them and talk about their projects and I get really into it. And sometimes I get carried away and I'm just like, man, I love you. You're the coolest. And, you know, I think you're so awesome and da da da. And I'm sure they appreciate it, but I think it's also kind of embarrassing at times and I probably need to you know, um, calm down and not be so gushy or whatever. I don't know. I know at one point in the interview, I'm all, I tell Daniel that I love him more than he'll ever know. You know. It's like, I don't know why I said that other than a minute. I really do love Daniel. I think Daniel's awesome. I think he's so cool. And, um, I was really excited that he did this and I think it turned out so great. I couldn't wait to talk to him and you can tell I'm a little giddy, um, I guess would be a good word during the interview. And, you know, so sometimes it's kind of embarrassing for me and maybe for them, but it's very cool. The book is awesome. I hope you guys dig it. So we're going to get into the second chapter now, Fear of the Dark. After that, it'll be Sticks and Stones. After that, it'll be the interview. And then after that, it'll be the epilogue, which closes the book out. And so I hope you get something from it. I really do. I think this is incredible. Um, and so I hope you enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed making it, enjoyed reading it. And um, I hope you receive it in the spirit that it was given you know what i mean so this is the last time you'll hear me on this show uh, besides the interview but i mean live like now so i want to say peace to you guys i love you i can't wait to see you next week and so we're going to kick in the rest of the show here it comes fear of the dark chapter two fear of the dark at one time There were many people who lived in caves deep in the mountains. It was a solitary life, but they made the most of it. For this was way before houses or castles or huts. It was a time when humans were more connected with the earth and the natural world around them. People didn't need modern technology. Nature was technology. A voice of harmony and truth that was a language unto itself. A language that sets one free. All the tribes of the world spoke in their own unique way, native to the region, and made their homes in whatever caves suited them best for protection and shelter. Most often, 
These caves were dark and seemingly endless. Yet with giant creatures roaming the planet and fierce storms, these caves brought safety and warmth. In one of these caves lived a family with a daughter who was deeply afraid of the dark. Every night she would stare awake and alert, trembling at all the sounds coming from deep within and outside the cave. She barely slept unless it was during the day, often missing her chores and responsibilities to nap in the sun. This was a time when the mystical lakes were still widely known to people, but she had never been and didn't know the way. In every village, there was a shaman, a medicine person, someone who was deeply connected to the earth and spirits, someone who the tribe considered a healer, seer, and guide. One morning, after huddling in fear close to the fire all night long, the little girl decided she had had enough. She was tired of being afraid of the dark and feeling sad that she wasn't contributing to her family and tribe. So after talking with her father and mother and receiving their blessing, she went to the village shaman. She spoke about her fear and her desire to ask the mystical lake what she could do to overcome it. This took a courage she did not yet recognize she had. After a few hours of conversation, the shaman gave the little girl directions to the lake, which was not too far away. Will you come with me? she asked. The shaman, comfortingly, placed her hands on the little girl's shoulders and replied, Little one, your fear is your own and must be worked through alone. This journey is yours. Just know, however, When one chooses to let go of their fears, those fears will try to hold on tighter. Don't worry, though. All the ancestors will come to your aid and help you, so you won't be alone. This is the warrior path. Understand? I I think so, the little girl smiled nervously. Even though she didn't feel like a warrior... She could feel there was a compassionate, helpful wind in her sails that was pushing her to some important shore. Still, the fear reaching out from within tried to bind her feet from leaving. That is how many great adventures begin, though, by taking a leap, even when we are afraid to. Courage is having fear and going forward anyway. The next day, the little girl grabbed a few supplies and her trusty spear and started off in the morning so she wouldn't be alone at night in the wilderness. Many hours she walked, following the directions the shaman gave. And before she knew it, she was at the banks of a lovely blue All I have to do is ask, and the lake will answer. So here goes. She said to herself and paused. Taking a deep breath, feeling her dark hair flowing around her, she asked, Dearest lake, why am I so?
afraid of the dark. Just then the lake began to do nothing. No answer, no reply. Just silence. She asked again, but again, only more silence. Even though she was frustrated, the little girl lay down upon the sand of the cool shore, feeling the protection of her ancestors. She was tired from her walk and being so anxious the night before that she couldn't sleep, she was feeling her eyelids begin to get heavy. I'll just take a little nap, and when I'm done, I'll ask again. It's still early in the day. So with that, she curled into a ball and fell fast asleep. As she napped, the sun whisked over the sky. And after it finally set, she heard a sound that suddenly startled her awake. It was night. Fear rushed through every part of her body. How could I have been so foolish to have slept so long? She wondered with deep dread. That is when she heard it. A sound coming from the lake of soft waves slowly ebbing and touching the rocks on the shore. It was not enough to put her at ease. There was nothing she could do. The forest she had traveled through was too dangerous to travel alone at night. Here is where she must stay until morning. Well, if I'm here, she sighed, I may as well make the most of it. So with a deep warrior breath of confidence, she leaned over the lake and asked once again, Why am I so afraid of the dark? The lake rippled. Nothing. She sat back down on the shore and began to cry uncontrollably with her head in her hands. When all of her tears had run their course, she began hearing the most beautiful sounds around her. The chirping of crickets, hooting of owls, bellows of toads, all making music with each other. As she opened her eyes, she saw the night sky for the first time in a long while. But this time it was different. All the stars glittered and shined as if they were alive and dancing just as all the lightning bugs would do outside their cave. One by one, shooting stars shot across the sky. It was the most beautiful thing she had ever heard and seen. When she looked down into the lake, everything went completely black and silent. The fear rushed back to her. Where did it all go? She asked. I was just becoming okay with the dark. That is when the lake sparkled, grabbing the little girl's attention. There in the water, an image appeared of her pregnant mother walking in the woods, gathering berries long ago. She watched the image in the lake as the sky began to darken over her mother's head, warning of an approaching storm. Without time to get back to her village, the mother sought out a nearby cave to wait out the storm. The little girl watched the images flow past her in the reflection in the lake and noticed her mother's belly. That's the night I was born, the little girl said out loud. 
My parents have told me this story many times. Suddenly, the image zoomed in until she was inside her mother's belly. It was dark, and she could feel everything about that day. She remembered the feeling of being inside her mother's belly and the walls around her pushing in. She felt suffocated. A deep fear rose up within her that she would be crushed, and she panicked, her heart pounding heavily. Something inside of her longed for the light she had just left in the sky before being in this dark belly. Now there was no light, and all the sounds around her were muffled and compacted inside that womb. At that very moment, she watched in the reflection as she was born into the darkness of a black cave. It was night. She and her mother were alone, and the sounds deep in the cave and on the outside seemed terrifying. Is this all the world is? Darkness? She wondered, trembling with fear. There was no fire to keep them warm, just the inescapable cold and darkness. Huddled together, the daughter cried. Yet the mother did her best to help keep her warm and soothed. The darkness was just too much for the little baby. And she wailed without end all through the night. It wasn't until the light of a new morning began pouring through the entrance of the cave that her father and a search party of tribe members found her and her mother together in the hidden cave. That is when she began to hear her father's voice howling with joy, then her mother's, then the whole village in unison, relieved to have found them. She had come through the dark. Born in the night, basking in this new warmth of a strange and powerful light, she was held close and protected by these people she had never met, but somehow trusted. She was, in fact, a child of the night, grown and conceived in its hands. She saw all of this in the lake, and her heart smiled, for all of her fear was in her own mind. Night. Was just half the story of its fraternal twin, the daytime, and what followed it afterwards was filled with color and brilliance. Yet now she could finally see that color and beauty in the night. Looking up from the lake, the little girl began speaking to the sky above. I came from the light. To see that light, we need the darkness to be a canvas for the light to dance upon. Just like how the fire makes the light dance upon the cave walls, I am that light, and I am also that dark undertone, which itself has light. I am the moon, a reflection of the sun, and I being the truth. Sounds and colors of the sky and wilderness returned to her. Once again, it was the most joyful sight and sound she had ever heard. But this time, her fear was gone. This time, she could see and hear it with wonder and with gratitude. This time, it was an opportunity in the curious unknown. This time, her fear. She had owned. Happily, she lay down on the cool shore, 
once again feeling the love and protection of her ancestors, and for the first time, slept peacefully all through the night. Is what Funky Do, Fort Worth's favorite podcast, the Funky Town Podcast.
Now it's time for our interview. Domino's Pizza. Is it Daniel Katsuk there? Yes, Sam. How are you doing, Jeff? Hey, good, man. How are you doing? I'm well. Yeah, I was really looking forward to calling you. Yeah, man. It's been a little bit. How's your world? It's doing okay. All right. How about yours? Uh, you know, just it's a wild planet we're living on, but yeah. but, as, but um, you know, I'm just really excited to see all the things unfolding that with this book and that was kind of my my COVID project. It necessarily, I didn't wasn't trying for, but just kind of came out and. And seeing a lot of really great response, so things are feeling really good, man. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I saw that um, <clears throat> that you had wrote one, and um, when I originally, my my original thought was that you wrote, you know, like a children's story. You know, you have the illustrations, very simple. You know, kind of a, a C. Dick Run kind of a book or whatever. But has like a good moral. Your typical kids' book. But I was like, but when I got this, I'm like, this isn't what this is at all, you know. And I love it. it says inspirational bedtime stories for all ages, and it really is for all ages. Well, that that that's good to hear because it's it's been very hard to write um, for, you know, because I'm I'm a parent, you're a parent, and it's like we've we've gotten a hold of uh, a couple books probably in our lifetime that we kind of feel dumber after reading it but our kids love it and they want to hear it all the time and so i was trying to find a way to write a story which is uh that parents would enjoy as well and that's 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 hard to find that language between kids enjoyment and parents enjoyment well i think you nailed it with this you know, because I really enjoy it. Um, reading the first, um, when I first got it, I was I was reading the the poem and I was reading it out loud to um, Diana and um, and as I'm reading it for the first time, you know, I'm like, God, this is this was heavy duty stuff. And I mean, she actually kind of stopped what she was doing was just kind of looking at me, you know. And whenever it was over, she's like, she's like, man, he went there. I was like, yeah, that was great, you know, because it's. <laughs> It's a creation story, you know, or it's a creation story. Yeah, the proem is definitely a creation story and and how we've been given, we're always given uh, ways to reconnect, and that was the idea of that. And it was, it was, um, it was very cool, and it was, it's cool for another reason. The other day, we were sitting here, and I don't know, man, the... Zayas watches, he loves watching YouTube stuff and he'll hear something and it'll just stick in his brain. He heard something and he, he turns to me, he starts talking about, well, he's talking about reincarnation, you know, he's like, he's like, hopefully, you know, when, whenever I die, I can see that, um, I'll come back again as another baby and then I'll grow up again, you know? And I was like, well, maybe some people believe in, you know, reincarnation then he said something about well you know like whenever you're a spirit and then god puts you in the belly you know and i was like well it's not exactly how it works you know but um since you're eight i won't really get into you know the whole thing but i love the idea of you know he was like i was a spirit and then i was put in the belly 
you know, and then here I am. And then when I die, I'll be a spirit again, and then I'll be put in a belly, you know. And I was like, I don't think you're too far off, <laughs> you know. I don't think that's exactly, in my opinion, you know. I don't think that, you know, I don't, I don't know that I, I don't not believe in reincarnation, um, but I don't believe in reincarnation. You know what I mean? It's totally possible. What I don't know. Well, I mean, it's all just belief until it becomes a knowing, right? You know, it's, sure. It's it might be a really cool philosophy. Reincarnation is a really amazing idea, but I mean, same with same with aliens and same with uh, all the you know so many different subjects. Is we don't know it until we know it, right? You know, so until then. You know, don't put up a wall against it, but at least, you know, kind of see if you see it elsewhere. You know, I've always loved the phrase, uh, as above, so below. Mm -hmm. If if it happens in one way in the universe, it's going to happen in other ways in the universe, you know. And it's just like how we're right now getting back into spring. And... I just kind of feel like that is our our spirits, you know. It's and, and the spiritual life is we're moving back into our our new spring, you know. Mm-hmm. When you, you know, we go through our springs and summers and autumns and winters, and then all of a sudden here's spring again. That same tree that was so beautiful and blossoming, uh, you know, cherry blossoms is turn green and then turn to orange and then bare and then all of a sudden it's starting over again it's green again mm-hmm. um well no i definitely believe in it's um it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like i you know it's, it's like you said you believe or you you believe until you know or whatever and it's like one of the things that i believe that i know is that we do come from the source and we do return to the source and that was one of the thoughts also in that in the introduction and so I've always liked that, you know. And you talked about the water um, always returns to, to to a source, and that's kind of what I was telling Zeiss. I did the, um, which I picked up in Unity, was the whole, look, you know, God's the ocean. I get a cup of water, and I scoop it out of the ocean, and that's you. And then whenever you die, you get poured back into the ocean. It's, yeah, that's, it's simple, you know, you come from the source, you return to, you know, to, to, to the source. But you're still connected that whole time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Because let's say God is water, then you evaporate from the ocean, turn into rain clouds, and land into on top of a mountain, turn to snow, and you melt, and you turn into a river. And where do you go next? You know, mm-hmm. back to the ocean and start again. And the circle of life. But that in itself is <laughs> is reincarnation as well, right? Yeah. You know, so maybe I do believe in reincarnation in a sense. I believe that everything can be explained scientifically and maybe we haven't gotten there yet at times but like just the idea of how water moves all over the planet is 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 amazing to me and it it, every raindrop has turned into has been a, a lake it's been a pond it's been a it's been a puddle it's been an ocean it's been a cloud it's been rain it's been snow it's been on the side yeah. of your beer can or lemonade glass. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, it helped you clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's um, but that's kind of what um, 
that's the neat thing about this book is that it takes these heavy concepts, but it breaks it down in a simple way, simple stories. Um, it's good, man. It's, it's really good. Oh, another thing that, um, you had talked about, um, in the introduction, like I said, I thought the intro itself was just like, there was so much in just that alone. Um, was the, um, you have to forget for the joy to remember it, you know? And I was like, that's such a neat thought. That was one thing, one of the earliest podcast shows that I did, I opened up the show playing like an Alan Watts talk where he basically talks about if you were God and you knew everything, well, you would make yourself, and you were all powerful, you would make yourself forget everything because what's the fun of knowing everything? If you know everything, there's nothing to discover. You know it all. It's boring. You know, he's like, so you'd make yourself forget so you could, you know, start to remember who who you are again. And he's kind of, he's like, that's what we are. You know, we forgot who we are and we're, you know, trying to remember that. And that's one of the, that's one of the threads that goes along with that. Yeah, exactly. Like even as a, as a musician, as your first time you start playing your, your fingers hurt, you've been playing this guitar over and over, you're not getting any headway, but then all of a sudden like it clicks, something clicks and there's a joy in it clicking, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then you try maybe three different new chords and all of a sudden it clicks a little more. And it's that, it's that moment, each one of those moments where a little light bulb turns on and you're like, Oh, Oh my God. Okay. So if I use this chord with this chord, with this chord, I can do this and oh my god this chord works with this chord and then like the light bulbs just keep going off and there's this excitement of having to let's say go from zero to ten mm-hmm. you know and to remember and I think if once I don't know I've always enjoyed the idea that I don't know one story came to me one time that was the reason why we decided to come come here is because after a while if all you're doing is living in bliss everything is in heaven and everything is Cancun basically mm-hmm. and it's perfect um, there's, there will be a moment in the infinity of infinity that I think we might go what if I was just had to start over and had to find love again and, and find it badly and it hurt and have my heart broken and find out how to be a, a just a, a conscious person, you know, and that, what would that to me feels exciting, you know, and, and I think that's what we're all doing is just going, you know what? I think we, we all get to a place and, and we're like, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it, it kind of feel, feels that way. Like I, um, one night I was hanging out at, mass at main at, at Southside, and um i was talking about how i just started watching brooklyn 99 and this is a, a two or three year, years ago but brian breckenridge brian breckenridge was there and he was like man i'm so jealous of you and i was like why he's like i wish i could i wish i could go back and watch that show for the first time all over again you know have you ever got, got, got that whenever somebody's watching your fa- favorite show and you and you see the joy that they're having watching the show and you're like man i wish i could go back and relive that joy Oh yeah. yeah, like I'm watching. I'm, I'm watching Marvel right now. Like the whole, I'm starting it completely over with my daughter, 
you know, I'm I'm totally up to up to level where it's at, and and I've seen pretty much everything, but my daughter hasn't. So, you know, I've had to wait like a year in between releases and stuff, and you know, and um, but she gets to see it like the next movie each night. Sure, you know? and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and watch her expressions as this story just unfolds over like 20 years worth of movies and and TV shows and stuff like that and just to just to watch her and her excitement and like joy of this story it's 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 beautiful it's beautiful so did she, did she help you uh, well I mean I saw like um that you dedicated the book to your daughter and then I um did she help like come up with some of the story ideas and stuff I know some of the some of them, yeah, yeah. Some of them. Um, well, it basically came about from each night we would either we would either read or sometimes we'd read and and she'd still. I like, Dad, I'm still I'm still wait. Um, can you tell me a story? I'm like, all right, all right. And so I just kind of like freeform. I just kind of like start talking and. And some sometimes it would be a really good story. Sometimes it wouldn't be. Sure. But you know, just me, just me talking um, would end up her falling asleep. But um, but one night it was how this kind of all began. I think it was in the middle, right at the beginning of COVID. And um, I don't know. This one story came through, and it was about this mystical lake. And anyone who found this lake could ask a question. And it would give you the most raw and real, authentic answer imaginable. It wasn't sugarcoating anything. It was telling you exactly what you needed. And um, and she fell asleep. And as soon as she fell asleep, I like went into the the next room and just tried to write it all down. And I think it was uh, fear of the dark. The chapter Fear of the Dark is probably the first one that came to me. And then and then all the rest of the chapters came in a matter of like a couple months because it was it just it flowed so quickly after that. The idea of a of a lake that could give you the answer that you're searching for or, or at least anything, you know, sure. something that could give you the answer that you're so searching and, and, and confused about. And, uh, and then I started thinking about how, um, there's so many different people with so many different troubles and trials and how this could actually maybe be a book series where each character is always different. Each person that comes to the lake is different. It will never be the same person because there's so many billions of people here. So um, each one who comes to the lake is bringing a different, a different need. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it really, it really started with just my daughter and I just telling, doing story time. And, and then that just popping in, popping into my head. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I like the, um, um, when you go through the book, it can also be used as a workbook. So, like at the end of the book, there have um, there's like a question I think that goes along with each chapter, to where you can 
kind of reflect on what you've read and then answer the question and it kind of helps you kind of soul search a little bit yeah i mean that's and that my idea was that with that was to help um kids be able to express themselves in their own way and and for their parents to be able to read it in their own time to kind of gauge where their where their kid is at and what they're working through and you know it's like hey do you ever feel lonely and what's what's the thing you love about your family what is the thing that is is something that might be challenging with your family you know and and that's something that parents can learn from because sometimes kids don't express some kids are more expressive than others but sure for the most part you know it seems like you know um kids see their parents in a particular light you know and for them to be able to express themselves in their own way in a journal i think journaling is is one of the most powerful things we can do just to be able to write and get it out of our mind get it out of our system and so for them to have that opportunity to do the coloring book and and then also answer those questions and journal it allows them to get uh, i don't know just to express themselves in ways that sometimes might not be easy to tell your dad or your mom you know but you can tell it to a paper you sure can and if you're like me you're, you're an adult you can always take it and get a, a notebook out and go in your room and sit there and go you know do I feel lonely? <laughs> you can you can journal about it, and it'll help you too. It's not, it doesn't have to be a. Like I said it, it's great for the kids. But man, this could be you know, um, I think this could really help someone who's a, who's an old dude like me. You know, actually grow a little bit. Well, I wrote it for you, Jeff. So I hope it, I hope, I hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I mean, it's it. It it's silly, but it's like you know, like I was I was raised up in, in in church, but it was a very fundamental. It was Pentecostal speaking in tongues, Jimmy Swaggart type church, you know, and it it was never comfortable for me. It, it's just you know, and so just kind of going through life and doing different things, and some of those things were you know psychedelics and and stuff where I visited my own Mystic Lake and um, asked it questions and got answers I didn't want to hear or whatever. But it, it it led me to a more mystical type of place. And it's like, I don't always get it because I wasn't raised um, on like Hindu stuff or Buddhism or any, any of these things. So I don't know all the, all the history and lore and all that stuff. So sometimes I kind of get lost in a book that's meant for children that explains some of these really heavy concepts is good for someone like like makes them like this makes sense this speaks to me this is this is truth you know and it's i'm not bogged down in the bogda vita or whatever you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean that can be a little overwhelming for a, a child and it's very overwhelming for an adult sure you know i'm a yoga teacher and and when they're uh you know one of my teachers for a long time was saying this is the way you need to teach this is how you should say what this posture is and you know in the sanskrit phrase and so i tried to start learning all of that and and i felt like i i was never happy teaching until the day i realized 
I don't want to learn all this Sanskrit. I know what the posture does. I know what this breath does. I know what this movement does. And I'm just going to call it whatever I want to call it and make it my own. And, and then I started finding a joy in it. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't trying to be like Yogananda, I was not trying to be like Yogi Bhujan or Yogsway. I was just, I was just teaching from what I knew instead of teaching from all the philosophy that I read, because it can be so overwhelming. Sure. I, I know that when I breathe this way, I feel this way. That's what I'll talk about. That's good. Because there's always the universal truth in all the books, in all the holy books, the Bible, or, you know, even in, even in your mystical lakes books, there's universal truth there, you know, that if you can peel back all the tradition or, or whatever it is, dogma or, or what have you, there's still those, those fundamental truths of source and light and dark and love and, you know, it's awesome. So you've, so you wrote it, um, you can get it, um, just like the PDF, so you can put like in your Adobe Reader or your Kindle app or whatever, and and you can read it that way. I want I want to get the 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 hardcover because I think that's cool, especially for the workbook and stuff in the back. Um, but you can also get it on paperback, right? Yes, it will be in paperback and hardcover and uh, Kindle eBooks, and which those are all available right now. And then and then it'll be in an audio book as well which will be something special and different, which um, I recorded. Well, not necessarily. Well, I did. I narrated it. And my daughter actually did a few did. Um, there's a chapter called like father, like daughter. Mm-hmm. So, so she did uh, some narration with that. And I had a, a, a lot of one really wonderful, really wonderful friends. Um, Troy Williams from Spoonfed and Charles Gaby and, Steve-O, the bass player of my band, and um, a guy named Lottie um, all do the music for it, and I did some music as well. And so it's me narrating the whole thing with this, this really beautiful music and soundscapes with lakes lapping on the shore and sounds of nature in the background. And then there's like a... And I, then I comprised all the music that they did, that we did, and just made an hour-long kind of sleepy time track at the end, so parents could could you know put on a story, and at the end they could just come in and put on an hour-long song and allow their kids to just fall asleep to it. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I like what I've heard. You know the the couple of tracks that you sent over that we played. It's it's really great with the music in there. Um, when we heard. Um, fear of the dark you know and she goes to the lake and she asks a question and and nothing happens and everything gets quiet and you hear just the lake you know and then you talk about the the, the nature and stuff coming alive and you can hear like the birds and the crickets and stuff it's really cool as you're reading it you know if you're laying back with your head with your eyes closed or whatever you can really see it yeah that's that's the hope you know it's, yeah is that you can be in this, that you're over this person's shoulder, you know, who's going through this quest that you're hearing the same sounds that they are. And 
and it's you know as as and a lot of audiobooks a really good author can really describe the scene like Tolkien Tolkien is one of my favorites he he'll literally speak about the environment for like two pages and then he'll go and then Frodo said mm-hmm. but but like his ability to just describe the whole scene the whole environment is really powerful and so the idea is i'm I'm no tolkien but i wanted to at least with sound is where i'm more versed at is when you know you can feel it's like and she asked the lake a question and there was a thing and then it just goes just to the lake rippling and feeling feeling that awkwardness that anxiety for a moment yeah, no, it's it it it's nicely done. Um, the production and everything on it—it it sounds great. You know, hey. it's top notch, man. I mean, I, I think you know. I wish you all the luck on 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 this book and um, all this success because I think it's really good, man. I think it's super cool. I think um, you know they could do a, a what? There's ten chapters, so you could do you know a ten to twelve week course at your church if you wanted to where each week you know in sunday school you read one of these stories and then talked about it afterwards you know oh you love me yeah i think it'd be cool it's a beautiful idea you know um no it's it's really really cool like i said and i didn't you know i don't think anybody really i don't know you do all kinds of stuff um so i'm i wasn't surprised that you did this but i just didn't didn't know that you were doing this and so when it came out i was like man this is really really neat this is a great idea and you know super proud of you and um but most people know of you as a musician and you're still playing you still play shows around town and stuff oh yeah yeah um i didn't i didn't know this was gonna happen to me either yeah (laughs) music is my is my bedrock right and um so you know that's why i had fun with the audiobook you know, and creating those soundscapes and and playing with my good friends and them having their uh, amazing gifts and talents on it. Um, but yeah, this I'm still playing around. Um, um, Katsuk, my group is is about to go up to Colorado and play at the Rise Festival with um, um, Beats Antique and. Um, we have we were just nominated for the Native American Music Awards. Wow! And so there's a lot of wonderful things that are happening on the music side. And I've started a group called um, the Monks of Symbiosis with Troy from Spoonfed and my friend Charles Gaby and Kristen on violin and Marco Puente. Um, he plays drums. He's a drummer from Pablo and the Impel Seven. Oh, nice! And uh, Steve-O, bass player from my group Katsuk. And so there's just a lot of really cool things that are happening musically too right now. And but this is the one thing that kind of really hit in COVID when I was just sitting on my couch wondering <laughs> the state of the world. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to. I guess I'm just going to write and this is kind of what came out of it. Oh, I'm glad it did. You know, sometimes you have to just kind of be open to the zeitgeist or spirit or universe or whatever it is, you know, 
And so you listened to it and kind of channeled it. And I think you did something pretty cool, man. And, um, if, um, people can find it. Do you have like your website? Like, is it catsuk.com? Yeah. Catsuk.com. K-A-T-S-U-K. And they can find this as well as all your music and, and, uh, I encourage everybody if they haven't already to go on, youtube and watch some of your youtube videos the uh song i played sticks and stones that's a great video the one um what's the one where you're bob ross yeah that's the joy of creating nothing yeah. at all yeah that's another great one um now you have some fun videos up and so and you've always you've got a sound of of, of your own i think it's really cool oh i don't know it's just one of those things like when i, when I watch them like ah. All this stuff makes sense, but I'm not in a million years would I, would I have ever created that sound, you know? And that's what's beautiful about everybody is we're all d- different. Whenever we're doing our authentic thing, we come up with authentic stuff, you know? Exactly. And so I remember the other day someone was saying um, Prince wasn't making any – he wasn't – he was making Prince music. He was. He wasn't making, <laughs> yeah. He wasn't making rock and roll. He wasn't making R&B. He was making Prince music. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 <laughs> I, thought, it, I thought that was very true. It was true. It, it was it was authentically what it was, you know, and it's yeah. always great whenever there's some bands that just, you know, totally get that. Well, man, it was great to, 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 um, to talk to you. And then I'm going to close out the show. Whenever we hang up, I'm going to play the epilogue from the book. Okay. Which, which I think is a beautiful way to, to to close yeah and so yeah. and so yeah i hope um you know everybody that's listened and every, everything you know kind of gets something from this and um maybe picks up this book and uh maybe i we're all connected to the source but i don't think we all know that we are and i think the more of us that can get there um maybe the more peaceful things will be you know, sometimes I wonder if some of the stuff that isn't ha- happening is because we're kind of disconnected. Well, it's the idea of everything has grown up over the lakes. We found ways to distract ourselves, you know. Right. And so we have to get back to the mystic lake. And the mystic lake is is our spirit, mm-hmm. you know. It's who's guiding. We don't need to go on a on a long quest to find it it's 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 all inside of us and that's the idea like the lake is inside of them you'll hear that in the epilogue that Mm -hmm. you are a mystical magical lake and and all you need to do is just sit and listen and a lot of people just don't sit and listen okay yeah and it's and it's hard because we're in a society right now where it is so much inundation with uh, uh, just uh, so much, so much um, advertisements and stimuli from everywhere, and it's just about taking time to pose the question to Great Spirit, Life, Universe, whatever it is, and for you, and and just pay attention. After that, mm-hmm. um, it's one of those universal truths, like in. In the Bible, the verse is, be still and know that I am God. Yes, you know, exactly. It's, that's what it is. All right, brother, yeah. man. Dude, I love you more than you'll ever, ever know. I think you're the coolest. And uh, like I said, I'm super proud of, of, of this. And I, I think you did a great job. And I wish you all the luck and all the success. Thank you, brother. I, I appreciate that so much. I'd love to hear what your uh, 
your little one thinks of it. Yeah, I know. I want to get the I want to get the big book and and kind of do one every night. I think that'd be fun. Ah, uh, uh, nice. All right, man. All right, well, I'll talk to you later. All right, and let me know when this is uh, gonna go live, and I'll I'll throw it out there to my friends too. I will definitely do it. All right, man. All right, Thank man. You, brother. All right, talk to you later. All right, bye. bye. Epilogue. In every part of the world, deep in sweltering jungles, high atop mountain peaks, tucked away in rolling hillsides, valleys, plains, and vast deserts. There lies a series of magical, mystical lakes. Yet you needn't go anywhere to find them. Little one, you are a magical lake. Reflecting who you are to all of life. Remember, life wants you to grow. You are life growing into itself. So keep asking questions. The answer you are searching for is also searching for you as well. Ask, and then stop. Breathe, and then listen. Look inward and around you, and pay attention. The answers may have a lot of murky water to swim through to get to the surface, so be patient. Adventure into the wise waters of your own reflections because you are a magical, powerful, mystical lake.